Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined this week by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's going good, Andrew. We have a special guest in the studio with us this week. It's John Jarsh from the Door County Visitor Bureau. He is the head of communications and PR. That works for me. Good to see you, Andrew. Miles, how are you doing? Doing good as always. Yeah, happy National Travel and Tourism Week, gentlemen. So tell us about that. That's kind of a big deal this week. Uh, it's Friday when the podcast comes out, uh, but you've been doing stuff all week long for National Tourism Week, right? Yeah, we have. I mean, this is kind of like our Super Bowl week, if you want to call it that. You know, uh, it, it's it's the one, not that we don't celebrate tourism every day of the year here in Door <laughs> County, uh, but it's really, from a national standpoint, it's a chance for the industry to really kind of uh, stand up and wave to everybody and showcase how important tourism is, not only to us here in Door County, but of course throughout the country, and the economic value that it brings to us, not to mention uh, the intrinsic intrinsic value of just quality of life, especially that's the case here in Door County. We're going to dig into tourism numbers and all sorts of stuff here in a little bit, but why don't we start with you, John? What are your ties to Door County and how'd you, how'd you end up at the Door County Visitor Bureau? Well, great question, Andrew. Thanks for asking. Um, I was actually not born in Door County. I'm the only one in my house. Oh, you got to leave. Sorry. <laughs> the only one in my household of four that wasn't born at in Sturgeon Bay at the hospital. Um, but my family had up uh, uh, ties to Door County, my mother in particular. Um, my great uncle had a place uh, on Cave Point Drive, kind of near Cave Point, when my mom was growing up. And so uh, my mom came up here. She grew up in De Pere and spent some time up here and even did summer jobs uh, in Fish Creek and a couple other spots up here while she was growing up. And um, they never thought they might end up here, but my mother always had a dream of ending up here at some point. So in the early 1980s, they ended up, uh, my dad was a teacher. She was a teacher as well. They met at a school in Appleton, but they ended up buying a place in Jacksonport and we, where she opened a little gift shop and um, that helped pay for the place. So yeah, I've spent my summers up here since I was 10 and I uh, never thought I'd like probably you guys or uh, never thought I might be able to end up here as a, you know, and, and live and work and raise a family. But uh, lo and behold, that when I graduated from college, I had taken an internship with the Visitor Bureau or the Chamber at the time in 1997 and um, and was there for a summer. And while I was looking for a real job, <laughs> I came back and they asked me to come back and just work in the Visitor Center for the summer until I found a job. And uh, lo and behold, uh, Stone Harbor opened that fall. The membership director at the time took a job there as their salesperson. And so uh, they had an opening and they offered it to me on the spot. And I haven't left. That was 1998 when I started full time. But I've been there since May of 97. Over 20 years now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there, there's proof that you don't have to be a native to love Door County because your family are like a group of some of the biggest ambassadors for the county. Your parents were have been big boosters of Door County ever since they got here and for so long basically served as the de facto Jacksonport Info Center, right? Yeah, they were at the Jacksonport Craft Cottage, which was that little business that my mom started in 1984. 
Um, but yeah, so they they've been very very big. They were, we were just cool. They were CTAs of the year a couple years back. <laughs> Obviously, the Jackson well earned Jacksonport Polar Bear Club has been a huge part of our family. And uh, yeah, I mean, Door County is just an amazing amazing place, and we're just thrilled to be part of the community now. Even if we weren't born here. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your day-to-day at the Visitor Bureau. What kind of stuff are you doing? Man, one of the things I love about my my day job, it's not just days, as you guys probably know that here, too. Uh, but it just it's the variety of stuff that I get to do. But the underlying thing being I get to promote Door County. So, you know, today was a busy day. Uh, you know, any I deal with a lot of media. Um, you guys are fabulous, and uh, <laughs> so you know, as a media director and and media relations guy, there or primary one, a lot of media stuff, a lot of travel journalists, and really just our job is to get out and help tell Door County's story to the rest of the world, however that may be, whether it's uh, you know more in county stuff like during Tourism Week where we get to talk about tourism and the economic impact, or if it's on a press trip that we do. Uh, We've got six scheduled for this particular year. We work with a firm called Geiger & Associates Public Relations, been with them since 2007. Uh, We bring professional travel writers to Door County. So that's a that's a pretty big part. That's our my bud, my department's biggest budget expenditure mm-hmm. is that particular program. But it's been amazing for Door County. We've gotten over 2,000 articles written about Door County as part of that program since it started in 2007. And the thing I love about that program is it allows, you know, from an advertising standpoint, so my colleagues in our marketing and sales department, which spend most of the budget that we have at the Bureau to promote Door County, uh, they're not going to do advertising buys in usually outside of the Midwest, right? And we look at all the research and everything that we have, it just makes the most sense to spend in a specific six state region, what have you. But with the press trip program, we can and regularly do invite journalists from all over the country and even international journalists to come up here and experience Door County firsthand. So that's probably one of the best parts of my job is and one of the things that keeps me uh, energetic for Door County is so most of the people we have coming on our press trips have never been to Door County before. So it allows me to kind of help re-experience Door County through them. So I'm constantly getting like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. This is so amazing. Whereas you know, I'm at home and my wife's like, oh, another lighthouse or do we have to go yeah. wherever, you know, and that's happens whenever you're somewhere that you live, right? This is what we're used to. The lighthouse is always there. The sunrise is always gorgeous over the <laughs> lake. It's just, that's how it is, right? But when you get to talk to somebody that's up here for the first time and they're like, oh my God, this is, I can't believe you live. You know, you hear that over and over again. It just, it gets you a little bit more energetic. It reminds you of what you've been taking for granted every day. When you see someone yeah. and they're amazed yeah. by something, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, Peninsula State Park, take a step back. I'm, I run in there every day and then you, you got to go, oh, wait, this is really cool that we have this right at our doorstep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, and I do think this maybe helps me a little bit is because I didn't grow up up here. I always have not had these sorts of things around. You know, I grew up in a city of 60,000 people with a neighbor's house that was, you know, 20 feet away mm-hmm. on either side of us. And, and so I, I had that experience. And I think that also does maybe help a little bit for me to not that everybody else can't appreciate Door County, too. But this wasn't something that I always had there. I kind of always dreamed of being up here. I think what you talked about the program with Geiger and Associates and the outreach to these writers is... You know, a lot of people, I encounter this just with the Pulse, is that people think that while we do a lot of research as journalists, we don't find all the stories just by ourselves and we stumble across things or we we research it and decide, that's a great story. We do, you need people to tell you about things. And travel writers, they need to know about this little place that otherwise looks like it's in the great north of Wisconsin 
And if you're not familiar, if you, like we tend to think that everybody knows about Door County, but it's really a small sliver really of is. America. Yeah. And, and you need to keep putting that word out and getting new voices and new eyes on this peninsula to keep that marketing program fresh. Yeah. And what's cool about it to me is, you know, we get some of these journalists that are from, you know, East or West Coast, right? And, you know, maybe big city, New York City people and all this stuff. And they get here thinking it's going to be this little, you know, whatever stereotype you want it, they want to maybe have about a Midwestern place or in the Northwoods. And they are absolutely blown away. And that is so cool to me to see. You see it uh, recently, too. It's kind of interesting how it shifted. I remember 10 or 12 years ago, not a lot of places were mentioning silent sports and the outdoors when it came to Door County. And then that all of a sudden people started to discover that. And there were more resources for that, too. More kayak tours opened up, more bike rental opportunities. And so you started seeing a lot more articles about that side of Door County. And now you see a lot more as the food scene has evolved and started to catch up with some of these other urban destinations. You're seeing a lot more articles about the food scene Mm -hmm. in Door County than maybe you used to. You always saw things on food, and this is not to knock it, but it was almost always cherries, fish boils, and pancakes. So it's and cherry stuff, French toast. I love all those things. But now we're getting a little more diversity and a different message out there, which just interests more different people in Door County. And one of the tactics that we've taken with our press trip program is to be able to highlight some of those things. So one of our most popular trips of the year, and which is why we keep doing it every year, is a silent sports press trip. Mm -hmm. It happens in late August before, you know, Labor Day weekend. But... It is very popular. And so I think we have been able to help drive a little bit of that yeah. by bringing journalists in to focus on some of the things that you just said, Miles. Absolutely. And and I think that it has helped. I really helped. I think that it's helped to focus some attention on some of those things that we've tried to put some attention on. Yeah, I know very specifically, like last year when you did the silent sports trip, I went on a run with some of those journalists through the park and just showed them a, a run that I love to do. And you see the direct result in the articles that came out about it then. Yeah. And that you know, I help with the Door County Half Marathon. They mentioned that. They also mentioned just trails, not even event-specific items, just like, hey, this is a great place. If you're a runner, this is a great week-long vacation. You're going to find no end of places to go and, and get outside. Yeah. You also get to do a bunch of different types of promotion for Door County, too. I'm, I'm thinking specifically about some of the stuff that you do for the Door County Visitor Bureau Facebook and the, the live videos that you do or the Ask Doco series that you've done with Peninsula Filmworks. Is that exciting to you that you get to try a bunch of different types of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that side of it. I always had an interest in kind of audio production and video production growing up. And, um, and I, I, it's cool that I've been able to try to bring that into my job. And I, I have, (laughs) and I, that's a, it is a cool part of it. So I started Explore the Door, which was the first travel show that we did at the Bureau in 2006. And it was this crazy idea that I'm like, I could do that. I did enough monkeying around in high school and just, you know, and knew just enough nonlinear editing stuff that I could probably make it work. Right. So yeah, it's been fun to be able to do some of that stuff. I enjoy that stuff kind of just anyway as a human. Mm -hmm. And so that adds to it, you know, um, you know, being up till three in the morning editing something or whatever the case may be. uh, It has been a definitely a, a fun part of the job. And as you guys know, video is an amazing way to help tell Door County's story mm-hmm. because it just, it, Door County is such a visual spot and obviously video is a very visual medium. <laughs> and so it works pretty well together. But yeah, it, it has been fun. And you started that on like, it's not just like, oh, I started this Explore the Door thing. You basically did that yourself on a shoestring budget. When yeah, you started it, right? there was no budget. Um, <laughs> you know, I used my own computer. I used my own camera. 
Um, it took me about a year to convince our board because we, we were going through some stuff at the time with the transition to room tax and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I started it on my own. I, I was the only one. Uh, I shot it. I edited it. I was in it. It took me about, I think, two years to actually get some real equipment once the board and, you know, realized, oh, you know, I guess he can kind of do this. So it was fun. And at the time, I think we may have been, Indianapolis uh, the, had the first podcast that a destination place had done, like, a you know, a visitor bureau. And I think we may have been the second one hmm. in, this, in the nation. To, from what I could tell back then, there was just nobody doing it. Uh, I mean, YouTube was a little, sh- you know, that was a fall of 2006, and YouTube was a shell of what it is now. Right. Um, and so it was cool to kind of be on a, at that level. I remember getting calls from a lot of different DMO people around the country being like, hey, how'd you do that? You know, what are you doing? And, and so that was kind of fun to be at that, at that point. But as you grow and you get into more stuff and I got busier with different, uh, you know, stuff at the bureau, it just became harder and harder to do some of that stuff. Cause it does take a lot of time. Right. And I tend to be a little on the nitpicky side in the editing room, <laughs> which is great at, for the end product, but the time that it takes me, uh, that, that got to be a little bit more of a chore, which is why, and fortunately, I think we've been able to bring in some really good partners like Peninsula Filmworks to help us with a lot of our video stuff and just really take it to the next level. Thank you for that plug. You're welcome. (laughs) My pleasure. No plug. You guys really do a a fantastic job for us. Well, with that, John, why don't we take a little break? uh, And then when we come back, we're going to talk about National Tourism Week. We're going to talk about uh, the economic impact that tourism has on Door County. You brought along a bunch of numbers to share with us. Uh, Should be interesting. Sounds good. They call themselves the Stradivarius Builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood and metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Mackinac Island who worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan. And they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2,000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. Okay, we are back. So, John, tell me a little bit about National Tourism Week. What does it mean for the Bureau, and uh, what do you guys do to celebrate? Sure. Well, it's, a, it's again, a great week for us to celebrate our industry, not only here but around the country. Uh, the 36th annual, President Reagan back in 1983 signed it into law as the first week in May was uh, celebrated as National Travel and Tourism Week. So, so we, you know, what we do here in Door County, we put together a fabulous Power of Tourism insert, it's a print piece that we can share through the Peninsula Pulse, a couple other the a couple other media outlets around the country or the the county. Uh, and we also mail that to everybody. Our goal with that piece is to put into people's hands uh, some numbers, essentially, and a few other things that we put in there. Uh, but it's just it's our one chance of the year where we try to help them understand the economics of tourism and really truly what it means from a numerical standpoint, which a lot of people find boring, but we think it's an important message to tell. So we put that piece out. We print 30-some thousand copies of that. And we also, this was a really cool uh, little tidbit. 
in working with the tourism zone a couple of years ago, they had the suggestion of, do you guys send this to all the permit holders? Because most of those lodging permit holders up here aren't don't have local addresses, right? So a couple of years ago, we started sending this to them. And I think that was a great partnership and a great opportunity for us to reach out to the people that are kind of collecting the room tax on that front line, per se, uh, even though it's, you know, it's a pass-through tax, right? But it's, it's a chance for us to help them understand what these dollars that they're collecting through their rentals mean. And it, I think it hopefully sheds a little light on the, the overall tourism picture for them up here. It's been pretty well received. So break it down for us. A couple hundred people come up here every year, right? Yeah, at least. Uh, on a Tuesday <laughs> in December, I wish. No, so yeah, total sales last year, direct tourism spending, $366.6 million. That was about $8.1 million more than the previous year, 2017. Um, so, you know, modest growth, two and a quarter percent or so. But you know what? It's growth and we'll take it. And I think that incremental growth is kind of the sweet spot to be. If you have a 10 percent jump one year, then you're going to be down another year. You just it's not sustainable. And so uh, these these little bite sized chunks a little bit eat more each year. But you put all those bite sized chunks together. And guess what? Since 2009, we have, tourism spending has increased one hundred and nine point five million dollars. Huge percentage. That's like 40, what, what is it? 40 some percent, 42 and a half percent over that 10 year span. Now, just as luck would have it, 2009 was the first year that room tax started to get collected countywide. In other words, all 19 municipalities were part of the tourism zone at the time. So that's kind of our our benchmark year in terms of what we can look back at. But I think what it tells us is we can look back and say, look, the money that we've been tr- entrusted with, it's not our money. Right. It's the tourism zones money and it's really the community's money that is getting collected through room tax. But we've used that money, I think, well to help grow tourism. $109.5 million over 10 years. That's pretty amazing. And it's also hard for us. We sit around and talk about this to think of what Door County might be like if room tax hadn't come on board. Yeah, because if you go back, you, you talk about that 10 year period. You look at Sister Bay and now people are saying, oh, it's just, it's too busy. People are actually arguing that. And I'm like, that's a great argument to hear because it was only five, five years ago that people were saying Sister Bay is dying. Sister mm-hmm. Bay is dead. Door County as a whole, there was a little bit of that conversation 10, 12 years ago before room tax of like, we are falling behind. We're losing our, our, some of our tourism dollars to other destinations who are just have much larger marketing budgets. So for people, and a lot of our business owners are relatively new to the business community here. They weren't here for those those kind of iffy days up here when yeah. businesses were shutting down and when hotels were saying, we, we're, we're hurting here. Like, I don't know how much longer we're going to stay open. So having some of those numbers you just threw out there, it gives some perspective to like, hey, this isn't just a given. This doesn't happen by itself. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, for years, I mean, since, you know, the 1890s, you know, we as an organization to promote tourism in Door County, the Door County Chamber of Commerce at the time, you know, we were privately funded for over 100 years. What I mean by that is the money that we had to market Door County came from membership dues primarily uh, from our members that that paid. And and the lodging community paid the lion's share of that, which is why we didn't have room tax for so long, Mm -hmm. because they felt that it wasn't fair and they didn't want it. And I I get all that. But fortunately for us, and we had some folks that that at the innkeepers at the time that realized, you know what, this is something that we have to do. And so they got behind the concept, which helped it helped us push it across the finish line, along with some other key community stakeholders like Mr. Elliott um, and some other folks. But, you know, their argument was, well, it's going to it's going to hurt our business. 
Well, clearly it hasn't. <laughs> well, um, and, and give us the numbers too. I mean, what was the marketing budget for Door County before room tax? Well, we were we were in that two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollar range. I think the mat when I was I was the marketing director for about four and a half years, and I think the biggest budget that we had for marketing was about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars one year. And clearly, you know, so we've jumped that ten times and more since then. But it was we had to because, like you said, Miles, to be able to compete with other places that did have some more resources available. Now, the one thing that they didn't have that we did have was product. Door County is an amazing product. So all of a sudden, we put some more resources in our in our hand to be able to use and tell our story. And by golly, it, it's worked. From a lodging standpoint, I just I think this is fascinating. Uh, room tax collections are up 60% since 2009. ADR, average daily rate, this is a key one for an innkeeper, one of the key, they have a lot of key metrics. ADR uh, is up 30%. So they're getting $38 more on average a night per room than they were in 2009. 38 bucks more a night. That's pretty astounding. Now, there's a whole bunch of reasons that go into that, and you know, you could do all of this and that. But nevertheless, at the end of the day, the, the, the statistics that we have tell us ADR is up 38 bucks in 10 years, and that's uh, clearly there. There, you know, the demand for rooms is more than what some of some folks maybe thought that it would go down because we implemented a room tax. Question: Is do you have numbers on how many nights have are filled? It, it, like the percentage of that now versus say 2009. Yep. Um, so in the occupancy, occupancy percentage in 2009 was 36.56%. That was for the year. Obviously, it's higher in the summer and yep. it's lower in the winter, right? Um, last year, it was 43.43%. So that was an increase of about 18, almost 19%. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's definitely helped. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, to say the least. And you know, the other thing I think that we've tried to do is push the season out a little bit more. Meaning, you know, instead of Memorial Day to Labor Day, which it was at one point in time, and this was happening before room tax started, but right. it, the additional resources I think have helped us to push the shoulder seasons out a little bit more when we have the capacity more so than we do on a weekend in July. You know, and so I think that that's been another goal of ours is to help lengthen the season a little bit and ideally have a better economic impact on the businesses that are that are up here and different things. If I last thing, you know, the, the half marathon. I mean, that's a key event that all of a sudden now is making a business owner say, gosh, I really should be open that first weekend in May. You know, it's, it's stuff like that that right. helps us kind of move forward and, and, and helps to push out those shoulder seasons. It's a bunch of stuff. It's not just one thing, but it's key things like that that certainly help. Yeah, you don't want to be like an event-driven destination. That's always been a topic of discussion. Like, we can't just be about creating events and marketing events. We got to celebrate the quality of just our our sense of place. Sure. But some of those events can start to stretch that and, and give a centering piece for making people come up here and experience it. And then they create traditions out of it. Sure. So it's an it's a interesting balance to do it. And like like you said with the half marathon, that's one of the reasons I'm really proud to be a part of it because I know having been a business owner in the past and those profit margins are so slim when you just have that three, four month season that you could, you were always like, man, if we just had one more great weekend, that would be like a little cushion. And so yeah. I think, hey man, if, if our event is getting some of these restaurants a few grand extra, that means maybe they can pay their employees a little bit better or hire another person. And they're not all just like 
dying trying to get through the season like a little bit if we can make that just a little bit better that it makes me feel really good about the event that we put on yeah yeah absolutely well and events like you know like the half marathon or other things you know you always got to have your your kind of your number one driver what's actually getting somebody here but once they get to door county if they haven't been here before and maybe they're coming up to run the race and then they see oh my god like this is an amazing place right. i gotta check this out more i don't have enough time this weekend uh but i'm coming back and i want to you know and that's the sort of thing then that i think can help long term uh, in terms of just overall, you know, increase that economic activity. What are some of those when they create these uh, these tourism impact numbers? What what are they judging that? How are they gathering those numbers and and what is included in that? So that's a great question. I don't have totally the answer because it's proprietary their formula, right? Yeah. So the State Department of Tourism contracts with Tourism Economics. It's a, you know, an economic research firm and have been with them for a long time now. Um, and they have their formulas that use a whole bunch of stuff depending on what numbers that they're looking at. So part of the challenge for us in Door County is uh, from a lodging standpoint, typically, I, as I'm told, they use STIR, Smith Travel Research, there's no numbers from Door County in Smith Travel Research. So every year we kind of have to work with them to share the actual data that we do have. Because you say, have great data we have, from the room tax We report. have, I would argue, the best room tax data in all of Wisconsin, because partly because we were so late to the party, and we had a bunch of innkeepers that were, uh, you know, analytics people, and yeah. said, oh, gosh, since we're, you know, we're setting this up, we need to get this, and we need to get that, and we need, and that's why we have all the amazing statistics for the lodging industry that we have. Have, occupancy, ADR, you know, occupied rooms, available rooms. A lot of places around the state will just literally get this check. Oh, okay, here's our room tax. Well, they have no way to go back and verify if everybody's being truthful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so the, the data that we have really helps the Door County Tourism Zone to make sure everybody's playing by the same rules and, you know, all playing by the, the same way so it's fair to everybody, no matter what type of lodging property you have. Well, at risk of myself geeking out a little bit on the numbers, but when room tax was implemented, the first month the reports came back as a journalist, I saw that and I'm like, wow, there is, this is amazing because basically what we used to do in Door County was just speculate, like, does it seem busy for you? Does it seem busy for you? I, I feel like it's way up. I feel like it's way down. Depending on who you talk to, you'd have a totally different gauge on where tourism is. And, uh, now you get these numbers that are hard and fast and somebody can say, yeah, I just feel like it's way down. And you actually, the numbers say that there are 200 more room nights filled in Egg Harbor this year versus last year. So you're, the town is busier. You just may not be doing as good a job of getting them into your particular business. So you can really have data-based arguments about where the economy is going when yeah. it, in, in relation to tourism. It's amazing. Um, I'll, I'll put on my historical hat real quick, if I may. One of the things that we tried to do as an organ, I mean, we did it. Uh, my, uh, my marketing director predecessor, his name was Tom Lyons, he started um, uh, an occupancy index. And we had a key, it was kind of a scientific sample, a representative sample of the lodging industry in the county. And um, he sent out a monthly, hey, how is your occupancy doing? And we started that, I want to say, in 2000 maybe as a way to start to get, at least get a glimpse at what, you know, what yeah. a percentage might be. 
it was hard as heck because we had to go, you know, innkeepers are busy. So we had to hound them every month and it, it was hard and we felt bad. But, you know, we, we wanted that as a, a way to start getting some data. And we took those numbers and we turned it into an index to at least kind of help measure against that baseline year. Right. Um, to just at least get a somewhat of an idea of, of, of what was happening in the lodging community up here. But fortunately, like you said, Miles, when room tax came around and all of a sudden we had this plethora of amazing, accurate data, as accurate as it could be. It was like, oh man! And fortunately, we got to stop that. <laughs> we got to stop that little survey that we were doing because we didn't need it anymore. We had much better data available. And not to say that you know we're all one community. Like Door County is. That's what the whole room tax thing is: is to go like, all right, let's all work together and and go out and bring the most people here. But within that, you know, we're all a little competitive. So you can take those numbers and go, hey, Liberty Grove's way up. Our town might be down a little bit. Like, what are they doing that we're not? Or what are Clearly, more people are staying there over the last three or four years and a few less where we are. What what aren't we doing that they are doing? Is it because they added a festival or two or is it because they had a bunch of new businesses open up? Maybe there's a big resort that opened up. You can really evaluate the the little microeconomic cultures up here, too. Yeah. And it's cool if, if you have the time and the willpower to do that deep analysis of some mm-hmm. of that data. It's amazing what it can what it can tell you if you're looking for it. And, you know, the other thing we've been able to do with some of that data is do some heat mapping. We do have some other data sources other than just room tax. And so we, we really are, are very fortunate to have the data that we have to make better, more informed decisions about where we're spending those room tax dollars. And again, I think that's another reason why we've been successful with, with that, that, you know, spending those dollars and increasing the economic impact of tourism up here. So I love it. I'm geeking out yeah, with you. I, know. I, mean, I, I will try not to get us too far in the weeds. Yeah. But one other thing about those numbers that if, as far as I know, and I remember doing a story on this years ago and I talked to a firm, I think it was Peterson at the time that might've been doing this, some of these numbers. Like yeah, 10, Davidson Peterson, yeah. And what those tourism impact numbers don't take into account are necessarily real estate sales or mm-hmm. construction industry, which technically it's, it's not in a, in a micro sense that doesn't say like tourism. It's not like, oh, that's a lodging night and they spent money at restaurants. But the homes don't sell for the value that they do up here if we don't have tourism that makes us an attractive place that drives up the prices, which unfortunately for some of us who want to buy a home, it's, it's a bad thing, but sure. overall yeah. economically, it brings a lot more dollars in, into the county that helps real estate agents, that helps carpenters, that helps builders. All of that economic impact actually isn't even part of these numbers. See, I, I don't believe, I think these are really kind of strictly tourism-based businesses, correct? For the most part, we do have one number that they give to us, um, the overall impact. The state uses that number, uh, and we, we have a number as well. It's about a mil- or 100 million more So um, this for us here in Door County. So the overall direct and indirect impact of tourism is, last year was $469 million. So we, that is a number that we get through this part of this research that we get every year from the Department of Tourism. So um, it's actually a little bit more than $100 million. Uh, and that's, you know, again, the direct and indirect. Statewide, it's even greater. Um, statewide, tourism had a nearly $21.6 billion impact on the state's economy. Um, direct tourism spending statewide was $13.3 billion. So, you know, how much of that, like specific nuanced items, I don't know exactly what's in there, but I know they they tell us it's direct and indirect spending from tourism. So I do think it probably plays into oh, yeah. some of that. I, w- I would guess that uh, the our newspaper, the Peninsula Pulse, that probably doesn't get counted as tourism expenditures or, or economic impact, yeah, you, but we don't yeah. exist if there's not tourism here. I mean, that's what cr- creates the business. 
that makes people need to advertise mm-hmm. to get their message out to those visitors, and they spend their money on advertising, and we get a local news source, and hopefully we do our jobs well. Yeah. And But, like, there are so many other ways that tourism impacts everyone, even if you're not working in a gift shop, at a hotel, in a restaurant. Yeah. Well, and you just brought up a great point, and that's one of the things that we try to get across during National Tourism Week to our local residents is— what tourism brings to our community in terms of amenities for residents that live here, right? So you're right. We probably wouldn't have a great independent newspaper up here if it weren't for tourism, right? It just uh, Our community yep. of 27,000 people wouldn't be able to support that, just like we wouldn't be able to support two YMCAs, maybe not even one, right? you know, and the Door Community Auditorium and all the, I mean, Peninsula, you could go right down Fresh the line. Pavilion doesn't exist. No, know, all not those at things. all. So, so many of the things that maybe we take for granted as residents that are just kind of here and amazing library somewhere. Um, the or quality the, of our roads. If it, our towns yeah. don't get the tax dollars, mm-hmm. like the, you, you go to other small towns throughout the state, they don't have the quality of like even the town main, maintained roads that we have because they don't have the tax dollars to pay for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get into stuff like just places to eat, right? Restaurants and uh, different attractions. Again, we wouldn't have half the choices that we have up here as residents if it weren't for tourism. Might even be more than half. So it's a great time of the, the year to be able to help, you know, explain that to some people that, you know, may may not necessarily see tourism as a good thing here if right. they live here. And so it's it's our chance to try to, to help help them understand why it is a good thing and what it brings to them as a resident. Um, and the, the dollars that that brings in and frankly, just the, you know, the, uh, the pride that we have in, in where we live. I mean, you know, we live here, right? People are coming from around the world to hang out where we live. Yeah. I mean, that's, you put it in there. It's like, that's amazing. Maybe even sometimes to hang out with us. <laughs> maybe. Well, that's not, well, maybe with you, probably not with me I, I, well, and, and Andrew for sure. But. And all of that being said, the, the big question, the final question that I have on all this is that. You know, sometimes I can't park right in front of the restaurant that I want to eat at. Sometimes I have to stand in line to get my breakfast burrito. So is it all worth it at the end of the day? (laughs) Well, yes, because that restaurant that you can't find a spot right in front or that breakfast burrito that you got to use the app to so you're not waiting in line for 45 minutes, those two places probably wouldn't even be here if it weren't for tourism. Because I don't know how many breakfast burritos you eat in the morning, but you're probably not going to sustain them (laughs) (laughs) if it was just you there and maybe Miles. I don't know. Maybe you would. I shouldn't judge, yeah. but uh, but no. So it, it is, you know. That's and that's part of the deal. I mean, you gotta, you know, it's just kind of how part of it is, and and it, it comes with the territory, so to speak. But I think by and large, it's well worth it. It's yeah, well oh, worth. You it. look at people complain about how busy a town is, and oh, the, there's traffic. It took me three minutes to get through Sister Bay this, today. Like, well, <laughs> and then they also say they were posting a picture later that day, hanging out at the the beach and listening to live music and watching the sunset. And you say, well, the reason you have that beach that costs $20 million to preserve for that tiny village that used to be a lumber mill and a condo and, and private property mm-hmm. is because of all that traffic. So the, you, is the three minutes stuck in traffic worth it for that incredible view and that access to the water? That's what I try to keep in my head every time I'm sitting at a stop sign and getting yep. frustrated. I just say. Oh, wait, no. My friends are making money because of this. Yeah. Well, and speaking of money, so I, this uh, that's a great segue into my next point here. Money that people in the tourism industry last year, wages for tourism employees, $81.2 million. That's a lot of... That's a lot of money. That's a keep piece? It, uh, each one. Yeah. Got that? <laughs> I, I don't know what you guys are making here at the Pulse, but uh, but I mean that's a lot of money that keeps people, you know, with their families here. It allows them to live here. It's a lot of money. 
Um, and while Dork, while our tourism industry may not have the single largest employer in, in the county, clearly as an industry, it's far and away the biggest employer that right. we have. There are 3,237 jobs in tourism last year, um, which is in a county of, you know, 27 plus thousand people. It's, it's a huge percentage. So, and speaking of percentages, this is one last little fun fact that I, I it just, it fascinates me and in, in, on a statewide level, it, it kind of brings into how important tourism is here. So statewide, Door County ranks number seven in tourism spending for all the counties out there. Milwaukee is first, of course, Dane County, Madison, Sauk County with the Dells is number three, Waukesha County, which is the suburbs of Milwaukee is four, Brown County, Green Bay is five. Uh, Lake Geneva is number six, and here we are sitting at number seven. But if you look at the county population of all the the, the, the top ten counties, the next closest one is Wisconsin Dells with a year-round population of over 64,000 people. Hmm. Here's Door County sitting at 27,610 according to the last 2018 census data that we have. So it's a huge percentage. And to think of Door County being number seven in the state with all these other year-round places that are generating, you know, tourism dollars, it's pretty amazing. And uh, it, I just— Year-round places with, in the case of Madison, Milwaukee, and Green Bay, either major professional sports teams and yeah. or UW-Madison College Athletics, mm -hmm. which drive a ton of the tourism numbers for all three of those cities. Green Bay, Brown County used to be below Door County until they built the Lambeau Field Atrium, yep. and that's when they jumped over in the, Door County, when they made that an actual tourism destination, yeah. not just the little old steel-seated bull. Yeah, yeah, that helped them a little bit. So, you know, and again, we're, you know, we're primarily leisure tourism up here. We don't mm -hmm. have a lot of big conventions and meeting. We have some small stuff, cause, but we just don't have the facilities right. for these, you know, like, a, you know, Fox City's just built a brand new, huge uh, exhibition hall. Uh, spent a lot of money on it, um, but fortunately, they're still still sitting at number eight behind us. You I mean, mean we're so. not bringing people up here to watch County League Baseball? Well, that goes without saying, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Milwaukee got the 2020 Democratic National Convention. Uh, how close was Door County to winning that bid? We, we were right there. <laughs> um, if only we would have had 10 more rooms on the island, I think we might have made a ticket us over the finish line. Weren't you guys looking at doing that at Husby's? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that would probably be the best convention of all time. <laughs> ever. The band shell was our, was our rain backup in case it was raining at Husby's. <laughs> but no, you know, and and we'll we'll look ahead to next year as we wrap this up. I'm guessing you gotta you gotta get us going. But you know, a couple of big things coming up, not only this year but next year, uh, in particular that I think will help Wisconsin, the Democratic National Convention, and obviously the Ryder Cup. So the fact that we have those kind of in you know almost back to back is pretty astounding. They're not like quite back to back, but within a couple of months of each other. That's going to put a ton of exposure on Wisconsin. And I think it's a great opportunity for destinations all over the state, including us here in Door County, to, to be able to showcase what we have. And we're strategizing now around the state how we might be able to capitalize on having the, that spotlight on Wisconsin. Obviously, it's going to be on Milwaukee in particular, but there's a lot, of, a lot of opportunities for us, I think. There's a couple other things coming down the pike, too, just within the industry uh, that are going to be happening in Wisconsin in 2020 as well that I think will just, uh, you know, bode well for future exposure.
Cool. So, yeah. We could talk tourism all day long. We I mean, could. It's the reason that the three of us are here in Door County. Uh, but why don't we wrap up today? And John, maybe we'll have you back to talk about some of the, the stuff that's coming down the pipeline for the rest of the year and for 2020 and beyond in the future. Yeah, it sounds great. Thanks, cool. you guys. Happy National Travel and Tourism Week. You as well. Thanks for coming on, John. And thank you, Miles, for chatting with us. Yeah, thanks for coming up, John. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit DoorCountyPulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.